Hello, listeners, and welcome to this freaky show. It is a month-long celebration of Halloween here at Freaknet Studios. I am your host, Travis T. And I'm Freak Joe. And uh, we're uh, continuing the tradition here. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I try doing that every year. I can't do that stuff. I can't do the soft, weird voice. It's too creepy. <laughs> Yeah, every every year I try doing it, and I just I just can't do it for me. Like I can't sit here and talk like this the entire fucking time. It sounds like I'm trying to woo somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? No, not really. That, I like it. It's very crypt keepery. See, I wish I could do more crypt uh, crypt crypt. I wish I could even say what you just said. Crypt keepery, keepery. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I, think, I, I wish I had the ability. To like do like voices and stuff. Cause I'd love to have like the weird, like cackly old kind of voice and everything. Like I would love to do shit like that. But for some reason, I just can't seem to find a way to do things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I could sit here and I could do an entire podcast like this. But it just yeah. seems weird. Seems weird. I just want to put my. I know, I, just, I, just, I, just, I think it might be a little too soothing, and I don't want to put people to sleep, because I want people to mm-hmm. stick it out, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing too exciting, it's nothing too different than what we normally do. People know what to expect when they listen to this freaky show. We spend the entire month of October talking about Halloween and everything spooky and scary, and of course, the greatest part of it all is that the freak Joe gets to uh, engage us with a freaky tale. <coughs> And um, I, I'm happy that uh, we are able to uh, inspire other people to do exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, bravo to those Same. people. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, more short stories is always good. Short stories are great. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I don't want to take anything away from the long stories, the novels and stuff like that. I don't want to take anything away from those. But short stories are more my wheelhouse. You know, I don't have to sit there and engage into an everlasting long ass fucking story, you know, that has like, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of pages and it's fucking single space, both sides, no pictures. I mean, who the hell wants that? Right? I mean, growing up, fucking uh scary stories to tell in the dark. That was my bread and butter. Yeah. Those were classic. So good. So good. So guys, obviously uh the freak Joe is here with us. Why uh <clears throat> Cartoon Joe uh, takes a little break. Uh, you guys know Freak Joe from such uh, amazing things as, uh, well, this podcast. Yep. And uh, our cemetery vlogs that uh, released this week. Uh, the first one released uh, from uh, Lowell, Indiana, when we saw the cemetery out there. I can't remember. I think it's Pleasant Lake Cemetery or something like that. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, yeah. I love it. I want to say it's close. I want to say the word lakes in it, and I think there's a P. I mean, I can easily look it up. Honestly, all I got to do is click this button right here, and uh, boom, there it is. Lake Prairie Cemetery. Mm. Not far off. Well, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, that dropped this week. <coughs> and, uh, Joe, I, you know, I, was, I, knew, I knew there was something I wanted to tell you beforehand, but we had a plan on uh, how we were going to release everything. Uh, we did, we did 12 different, we did 12 different cemeteries. There's 13 episodes because one cemetery was so big, it was a part two. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were trying to kind of make it work to where like, you know, cause some of the cemeteries were rather small. So we had shorter episodes. Some were rather big and there were bigger episodes. So we tried to, I wanted to sort it out to where, you know, you get like uh, one of the shorter episodes in the middle of the week and the longer ones on both ends and everything. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. because I was such an overachiever, um, I accidentally numbered them inside the video before we decided to do that. So, uh, they're going <laughs> to get released, they're going to get released as they get released. Um, nice. But they're all still amazing. Uh, it doesn't matter how long, how short they are. They were a lot of fun to do. Uh, you guys are going to see a different format for these videos, uh, because I believe we mentioned in one of our recent podcasts, uh, the audio faux pas on us. And, uh, so we did voiceover on this one. So you get a lot more, uh, of the video of the cemetery and not so much us. So, 
Um, we did uh, we did Indiana, so it was fun. It was exciting. Like I said, they're go- they're going to release every Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the month of October. Uh, one especially is going to get released on uh, Halloween Day, which I think is probably one of the more popular cemeteries in Indiana. Um, definitely one of the creepiest ones. One of the ones where we kind of I think felt a vibe there. So, uh, I'm excited for all of them. It's always fun to do that, and obviously it gives me time to spend with the Freak Joe, because Freak Joe really doesn't come out outside of, uh, this freaky show, but he does it for the Cemetery Vlogs, so it's really cool to mm-hmm. do that stuff. And those videos, obviously, are on our FreakNet Studios YouTube page, so make sure you go over there, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and check those out as they're being released. And also, the, uh, vlogs we did in 2020 at the Illinois Cemeteries are also available there, too, so make sure you check those out. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about Halloween movies. Um, I think that's gonna be the topic of this episode, um, for, uh, this freaky show. Uh, before I do, I just wanna remind you all that, uh, this episode of this freaking show is brought to you by CarterComics.com. That's right, guys. It's the one-stop shop for all your comic needs. Whether you're looking for graded or raw, whatever kind of collection you've got, Carter Comics has it for you. And I know you're thinking, they don't got every comic I want. Well, there's a good chance they do because they got thousands of titles in inventory. Not, they got so many titles, they don't even have everything listed yet because they keep adding more and more as we go through. So make sure you check out their website at cartercomics.com or you can check out one of their four eBay accounts, which are listed on their homepage at cartercomics.com. And if you still can't seem to find it, Reach out to them, message them, say, hey, I'm looking for Spider-Man number 162 from blah, 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 And they'll be like, well, let me see if I got it in uh store or in stock. And uh as a bonus, if you use the discount code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, you'll save yourself 10% in your entire order. And that's just not the website. That's also on the eBay accounts, too. So, And I know what you're thinking, hey, 10% is great. But I would love if I could get that discount every time I shop. Well, you can because it's a discount discount code, not a promo code. Promo codes you use once. Discount codes you can use always. And that's how uh, CoolCarterComics.com is because they work with us on doing that, giving our listeners a constant discount so they always come back for more. That's so, right. so That is true. So make sure you check out CarterComics.com today. Use a discount code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, and save yourself 10% in your entire order. Nice. Good stuff. Thanks, man. This freaking show. No, this freaky show. Sorry. Come on, I'll get freak it right show. by the end of the month. <laughs> this freaky show is also brought to you by Audible.com. If you're looking for your next great read, the best way to find it is at audible.com where there are millions of titles read by the most fantastic readers. Readers who make the freak Joe seem like an amateur. <clears throat> Best way to check that out is to go to audibletrial.com slash freaknet. Sign up for a free 30-day trial. It's Halloween. Get yourself some scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. You by a professional who does that. Head over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet. Get that free credit. Get that free 30-day trial. Do it now. Perfect. <laughs> Guys, uh, we we are here as members of Freaknet Studios, and I'm proud to say that because um, uh, it, it, it's a growing thing. Uh, obviously, this freaky show, uh, which is part of this freaking show, Along with JFW, members of FreakNet Studio. And uh, one of the reasons I started FreakNet Studios was to help grow and promote podcasts. And uh, it's, it's awesome that I get a chance to do that. Uh, as, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, me and uh, Cartoon Joe are looking at <coughs> starting up another podcast next, uh, next year. Uh, that's, uh, that's something we got to work on and plan out for that. Uh, but... Through professional wrestling, I met uh, this girl uh, named Morgan. Really cool girl. Kind of has a weird, awkward tick thing where she keeps, like, stretching out the bottom of her shirt when she's talking and giggling. It's weird. It's adorable, mm. but it's weird. You know, she's, she's a really cool fucking person. But um, 
when she found out that I was podcasting, obviously, you know, wrestling stuff, I uh, found out that she herself wants, uh, is looking to start a podcast with her cousin. And, uh, I, I think it's called, if I want, I want to say this correctly. <clears throat> and I mentioned this because they're trying to push through on it. Uh, they just keep like, you know, kind of like getting lazy about it. So I told mm-hmm. her I'm going to constantly mention, mention it to motivate her to push forward in it. So they're calling their podcast Babes of Lore. And, uh, what their idea is for their podcast is, uh, they're huge Supernatural fans, uh, love Supernatural, uh, if you guys don't know what Supernatural is, I recommend listening to it. Um, did you thank me for something, Joe? Oh, I was thanking, I was thanking Lady Science for bringing me some tea. Oh, what kind of tea? Hmm, I don't know, some kind of black tea. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So it's not like a sleepy time tea or a sore throat tea or a... No, no. Gotcha. It will be soothing, though, and it'll be good for my voice later on. Excellent. I'm glad to hear. Yeah, my uh, my bronchitis is messing up, so I'll be coughing intermittently here. I'll be I'll be very awkward calling it up. Um, nice. Anyway, so uh, Babes of Lore, uh, they're going to take their love of uh, Supernatural... And their love of spooky, creepy things in real life and kind of merge them together. And if I get the concept right, and I told them that I will get them on the show to talk about this. So we may get them on this month to talk about this. Um, they're going to um, kind of go over an episode of Supernatural and find a relatable instance it, in real life and talk about it. Mm. So right. I... I told him it's awesome. I told him they should absolutely, absolutely do it. It sounds like it'd be cool. I would definitely give it a listen because I'm a huge fan of Supernatural and spooky, creepy things in the world. Um, so hopefully they push through with that, and uh, I will continue to mention it uh, until they do because uh, either uh, either they're going to do it or I'm going to look stupid. And either way, norms. <laughs> So, so good luck to them. Hopefully they do. Like I said, uh, hopefully to get them on. And uh, speaking of guests, uh, we do have a guest lined up for next week. If you guys remember James Dermond, um, he is the author of Doorway to the Unseen. And uh, we are looking forward to having him on next week, talking about volume four of his short uh, short story series. <laughs> so it's been Amazing a while since that we're that far in. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we had him on. Uh, we were trying to get him on, uh, recently. It just never really worked with, um, uh, schedules and everything, but, uh, I reached out to him. He is available next week, uh, so we're going to talk with him for a little bit. And he's actually offering us an opportunity to allow the Freak Joe to read one of his short stories that is available in the volume four, uh, book. So uh, his books are available currently on Amazon if you want to check them out. The Doorway to the Unseen, um, volume one through four. I think four is actually also available right now, too. So make sure you check that out. Give him a look. If you're into short stories and ghost stories and everything, then they're right up your alley. If you guys are huge fans of uh, uh, scary stories and tell in the dark uh, or even tales from the crypt, if you're a TV watcher, uh, these are amazing books, and I would definitely recommend checking them out. So, yeah. Uh, Very nice. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a while since we had a guest on. Yeah. It's been quite some time. Uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be nice to talk to other people onto the, on this podcast, you know? Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Joe, I want to talk a little bit about movies before we get into your short story here. Um, and I want to... I want to talk about, uh, cause we've seen a lot of remakes on movies, sequels of movies, uh, a lot of like horror movies has excessive sequels. I mean, how many Friday the uh, 13th, Nightmares on Elm Street, Halloween have we seen over the last, what, two, three decades? Have yeah, come out? too many. Um, unless but, you're a fan of them, then probably not many, not enough. Yeah. It, it, it's weird because like, I don't know other than, Let's say like Harry Potter. Um, I guess I don't know. Lord of the Rings wouldn't really count unless you include like the Hobbit movies. 
right. Twilight and stuff. I mean, like, they have excessive amounts of movies. Uh, I guess MCU is very familiar in that sense, but I wouldn't categorize that in the same scenario as, like, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, I think horror is the one thing that you get, like, a, a character that has, like, <clears throat> multiple upon multiple upon multiple, uh, videos. Uh, I think the Leprechaun even had, like, four or five fucking movies. Those, yeah. Those guys sucked. <laughs> that, yeah, that franchise got to the point. Didn't he do, like, a rap in, like, wasn't, like, uh, what was it? Leprechaun in Harlem or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think he was also in space. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Wasn't Jason on the uh, Jason in New York took place on a cruise ship? I think. Yeah. Jason. I think Jason X was also in space. God, I love it. Yeah. So uh, not in a, I'll ever watch it kind of way, but in a, I love the. <laughs> I've seen I've seen one Jason movie. So I've seen one Friday the Thirteenth, and it was the one that came out in. Uh, I want to say 2006, maybe. I think that's like the Rob Zombie one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the only Jason right. one I saw. I saw Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, but outside that, yeah, I, I never, saw that one. Yeah, I've never seen an old Friday the 13th. I've never seen any uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I've never seen any Halloween. Uh, for those of you who know me, you know that I'm not a big fan of horror movies to begin with. Now, I have seen all but one Saw. Hmm. So, take that for what it's worth. I don't watch horror movies, but I will watch Saw. Which Saw have you not seen? The very, the most recent one. Gotcha. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen all the original series ones, which Saw, Saw's another one that has like 12 of them or, or 10 of them or some shit. Yeah. Paranormal Activity has like six. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. White Noise had a couple. Purge. Mm-hmm. So many. But I want to talk about some that make that doesn't really have sequels or remakes and shit like that. Yeah. Um, I asked for five. I don't know if you were able to think of five because it was hard for me to even think of five. And um, you can choose me totally. I don't. I did come up with five, but I did it by going through the. Uh, I think it was like hundred best Halloween movies on TV. <laughs> well, let me I, ask you that. Out, I don't really watch a lot of movies on that list, and I love horror. See, I I like Halloween movies. I don't like horror movies. Mm-hmm. I just I just can't get into fucking horror movies. Like I I remember like when we were I, I I'm trying to remember if you were there. Were you there when like a group of us watched like the first White Noise? I don't think so. Okay. I want to see if it was. I don't remember it. I could have sworn you were there because it was like you, me, Houston, and Michael. I think were there. Ashley, Sherry, Derek, one of Sherry's friends. Maybe it was Rachel or Hannah. I think they were there. I want to say you were there. For some reason, I remember you being there. But okay, anyways, um, I don't remember what the fuck I was going with that. Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You should just said yes. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I wanted to focus on some of the movies that haven't gotten sequels and shit like that, or remakes. Uh, one of the ones that I thought of was obviously Beetlejuice, but the sequel that has been talked about so much, I think that's actually happened, so that won't count. Mm-hmm. Um, but give me, give me one on your list. Let me, uh, let me, let me hear, give me, give me one, let me, let me see where you're at. Maybe, I don't know if we double down on them or not, so. <clears throat> sure, 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 sure. Uh, one I would love to see a remake of is Something Wicked This Way Comes. Never heard of the original. Yeah. Um, it's a really old movie. I gotta double check what year it was made in. Um, but it's a, it's a really, I mean, it's a good movie. It's about a, uh, well, I shouldn't say it's a good movie. I've never seen it, but uh-huh. Rick and Morty did a spoof of it, um, in one of the seasons. And uh, basically the concept is the devil comes to town and he can give you whatever you want. But uh, there's like an ironic price you have to pay for for getting it. So like one woman gets a cream that makes her beautiful, but it also makes her blind. Oh, okay. 
And so, like, the, the ironic Ooh. twist is she's beautiful, but she can't see herself and, and appreciate her beauty. Gotcha. Um, yeah, 1983. So not that old, but uh, old enough that, that I could I could see it getting a remake, and, and it would be pretty good right, right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. My, my, my first one that I would love to see a remake of uh, is a cartoon. Uh, it's an animated movie called Halloween Tree. And I know I've talked about that several times. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, would you want it as, a car- as an animated no, feature again? No, I, I want live action. I would love I would love a live action version of it. Gotcha. Um, I think because you still kind of want to keep the childlike uh, presence of it. I don't know if live action would kind of take that away. Because in my in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if you do live action, it's almost going to become like Stranger Things feeling. Like yeah. I, I think I think because of the cartoon, and if you guys haven't seen. Halloween tree, watch it. I think because it's a cartoon, it kind of keeps you out of like the like the, the spooky, creepy, like shock factor of what it could be if it was live action. Because I think in live action, it would make it more like too real. Seeing real mm. people go through what they went through. I mean, you're talking about a movie where a kid is dying, and his soul is in a pumpkin, and his ghost steals the pumpkin. And fleets. More more than that, the movie is kind of based on talking about the history of Halloween and everything, which is also really cool. But uh, the premise of it is for them to find their friend's spirit who is running off with their friend's uh, soul inside the pumpkin. Obviously, they meet uh, an old dude. I don't know why you're saying obviously. If you didn't see the movie, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) But the pumpkin grows on a pumpkin tree. The Halloween tree, that's why they call it that, and the yard of this old man, and the old man kind of leads him through and teaches him the story and history of uh, Halloween and stuff. So, I'll have a remake nice. of that. It's not so much a sequel kind of thing. You can't really make a sequel of it, uh, just because it'll be the same fucking story. But a remake where it was live action would be pretty cool. Or if they didn't do live action, probably something along the lines of, uh, like, Corpse Bride, Nightmare uh, Before Christmas, kind of like that. Ooh, yeah. Like something a like that. claymation or stop motion? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think that, I think that would make it like a little bit cooler. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the next one on your list? Uh, next one on my list is um, The Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, nice uh, urban urban fantasy with vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I'd want that to be, a, I think I'd want it to be a sequel. I feel like I like the idea that it takes place in the same, like, uh, the, like the same world, but decades later, like an uh, updated time period with different characters. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 Which I, I guess, I don't know if that would make it a sequel or a remake or, but I, 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 I lean towards sequel. Um, or maybe sequel. Not a sequel in the sense of like uh, it has the uh, uh, shared characters or something, but a sequel kind of like how a lot of the the other horror movies we've mentioned tonight, um, like it, it's the same monsters, right? Yeah. So yeah. even if it's like different character monsters, it's still the same monsters. You know, honestly, and like I I don't understand how <clears throat> like horror movies got away from like the classic. Uh, monsters, because like when you when you look at like vampires and shit nowadays, I mean like people associate that more with like fucking Twilight than they do with like Van Helsing or Dracula and stuff like that. But right. I don't know, I don't know the last time there was a movie made with the Frankenstein monster, you know, or right. like or like a legit werewolf that again wasn't fucking Twilight, you know, right or Teen something wolf. like that, yeah. <clears throat> uh, my next one's a little bit different, and I, I, I guess I, I guess I should apologize up front because I, I came up with a concept that kind of got away from the rules that I gave in this. But I mentioned uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would love to see a a uh, a unified universe where Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride. Frankenweenie and, and Coraline were all together. Ooh, all right. 
in like some kind of like like haunted fucking like like town together. Yeah. They would love to see something like that. Just because like they I know well obviously uh I think three of those were uh were Tim Burton. Right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Coraline I know yeah. wasn't Tim Burton, that was somebody else. But Coraline right. reminds me of the other shit. Right. Yeah. Well, because it's it's that stop motion. Yeah. So I would I would love to see something like where they're like together in like a universe or some shit. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. It's actually a pretty good. My third one was a sequel to uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Would it still be Christmas related? What's that? Would it still be Christmas related? I'm not sure. I don't think so, because I'm not sure that that would make sense. Uh, but I do feel like Santa would have to make an appearance as a friend of Jack Skellington somehow. I'll buy that. I think I yeah. yeah. But I'm not, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't think he would steal Christmas again or try to. Mm. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure what he'd do. I just, I really like the characters a lot and it would be fun to see them doing other things. And I don't know what I want, but. I got you. No, I mean, I, 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 want it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I never, I, I was never a big fan of Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, when I was younger, I just couldn't find myself getting into it. I, I just really mm-hmm. couldn't. Like, I, I don't know if it was the stop motion aspect of the movie or not, but I just couldn't fucking do it. Um, I did watch it, I want to say, maybe three years ago, and it was alright. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I remember it being. Um, but I don't see myself really going back and like saying like, okay, this is going to be like an annual fucking movie for me and shit. Like Halloween tree is, uh, but yeah, if I definitely had like a family it's, uh, every couple of years for me, for sure. Yeah. Got you. Uh, next one for me is, uh, not so much a movie, but I would love for them to revive tales from the crypt. Ooh. All right. Right, and if you guys don't know what Tales from the Crypt is, just think Goosebumps, but not for children. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm into that. Those were those were really fucking. I I know they came back with it not too long ago, but it was like for a really brief time. Like I think it was only like one of those like, uh, I don't know. It was like it was like not HBO Max, but like Discovery. It was like it was on some kind of like streaming thing or like some premium channel. So, Mm. um. But I just remember watching those when I was a fucking kid, and they were just, they were really fucking cool. I mean, like, probably my dad shouldn't have shown me that shit when I was a child. That's probably why I'm horrified of horror movies now. Right. But, um, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool, and, uh, I would love to see those brought back and maybe some new stories made or something like that, or even redo some of the older classics. I mean, I still remember some of them, so. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very into that. Um, sorry, I was just looking at their Wikipedia to see what's up. <clears throat> uh, my fourth one. So, a couple of years ago, they made a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie. And I never got to see it, but it always it always looked really good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like uh, um, it's just long enough ago that you could have a sequel without it being weird. And new enough that it could, there, there could still be some some hunger for it, you know. Yeah. So you could you could still sort of play in that same universe with maybe not the same actors or whatever, but maybe you could get the same director or something to come come back for it. Um, mm-hmm. But there were, I think there were three or four books, so you know why not have three or four movies? Yeah, and that's the thing too is like. <laughs> with with how streaming is now, with like Disney Plus, Netflix, and all that shit, is like it could be like a, a mini series, like a, like a Tales from the Crypt and stuff like. that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd actually prefer it as a mini series. I think. Right, I would love but, that. You know, like I mean, don't get me wrong. I would do anything I can to avoid reading a fucking book. You know, <laughs> that's why that's why that's why we probably are sponsored by Audible. But right, <laughs> I mean, I would just. I mean, uh, are you afraid of the dark? I'd, I'd love that because it was just short stories, short ghost stories. Fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so my fourth one 
Uh, which it's, I don't, it, it has to be a remake. Um, I don't know who I would use to remake it though, but there, there was a, there was another movie from way back in the day and it's, it has to mm-hmm. do with like the Frankenstein monster. It's called Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh yeah. Um, I love that movie. I, <clears throat> it's on my list of movies to buy one day if I remember it while I'm scrolling through Amazon. But it's it's I mean mm-hmm. it's it's comedy duo it's it's three Stooges Laura and Hardy it's just like that but it's the next generation of that you had the three Stooges and then you had Laura and Hardy then you had Abbott and Costello and the movie was based on the fact that they that they they uh, they're working at a museum and they they get a package and Frankenstein's monsters in there Dracula brings Frankenstein's monster back to life. And it's all the Wolfman's in it. Long Cheney, the fucking Wolfman's in it. The Invisible Man makes an appearance at the end. Pun intended. Awesome. <laughs> it's a great, <laughs> it's a great fucking movie. Um, and I think, I think it could, I think it could get, I, I think it could work nowadays. Like I think you can find the same kind of humor they had in there. I don't know who, I mean, honestly, like, if I had to throw two people out there just because uh, I watched 21 Jump Street recently, but Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, I think would just be incredible if you want to get more of a youth fucking, like, look at it in that aspect, but it's it's just, it's, it's just a comedy duo of, like, you know, the guy who thinks he's smart and always right, and then his dopey fucking friend. Yeah. I would do uh, uh, Middle Ditch and, Squ- and Schwartz. Uh, I'm trying to remember their their real names. I know Ben Schwartz is the Thomas Middle Ditch and Ben Schwartz uh, would be fantastic as well. They're uh, they have a, a comedy series on Netflix called Middle <laughs> Ditch and Swar- Schwartz, where they they're sort of a modern Abbott and Costello in a in a way, in that they they get on stage and they do a comedy routine that's just the two of them, um, and it's totally improvised and it's a, it's a really fun concept. And I just, I feel like that they're, they're kind of today's Abbott and Costello. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can that. see that working too, but I, I also really like Channing Tatum and, and Jonah Hill. That's a, that's a really good call. Right. It's just because like you, you want to find, you, you got to find those people that like, I mean, like it's supposed to be a spooky movie, but it's a comedy. You know, it's, and you just want to find those people who can put off that comedy look. I don't know the people you're talking about, but I'm definitely going to have to look them up now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, because be, I would love to see somebody who's not mainstream fucking do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you Abbott, Parks and Recreation? Yeah. Uh, ben Schwartz plays uh, Tom Tom's really annoying friend. Oh, God, perfect. Uh, I've got... Um, Ralphio, yes, John Ralphio. John Ralphio, yeah, yeah. And then um, Thomas Middleditch is—I uh, think he's the main character. If you've ever seen, which I haven't, so you know whatever. But Silicon Valley is what I think no. he's most famous for. Yeah, no, I've never seen that. No, but I know the other guy, and I'm on board with that. That I, I do like that guy. Yeah, their their chemistry is fantastic. So I just feel like it would work. Nice, nice. What's uh, what's yeah. your last one? My last one is um, uh, David Cronenberg's Scanners. Okay. Um, the concept is that there are, um, you know, at, at the time that the original movie was made in the 80s, um, there were like 4 billion people on the planet. 237 of them were, quote, unquote, scanners. And they were people who had like telepathic powers and stuff. It's kind of, it's very Stranger Things in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, I just think an, an update that is like specifically a horror movie could be really good. And I don't, I don't know if you get Cronenberg back to, to remake it or if you find somebody else, but I, I think it'd be very enjoyable. Okay. Hey, it works for me, man. That's uh yeah. It, it's, I just, I, hope, I just hope they stick with the practical effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, practical effects sucker. All right, so my last one, it's, so I, okay, so they have done interpretations of, like, Dallas Horseman and Sleepy Hollow and stuff like that, Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was an animated one, uh, not you know years years ago, nineties and shit like that. Yeah, um, it was, it was kind of dorkyish. Uh, I think I think the talking there was a talking frog in it. I think or so. a, a singing frog going like ear kebab, ear kebab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, and then I know they did Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp. Uh, later on, it's I think like late nineties, early two thousands, something like that. Oh yeah. All right. I um, but I want I want like a legit Sleepy uh, Sleepy Hollow. Like like movie, I know, and I think uh, I think they even did a uh, some kind of TV show where Ichabod Crane came to the future and shit, and he was a detective or something, or helping out the detectives or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so there's interpretations of it, but um, I would just I would just love for him to remake one that focuses on the uh, the the origin story of the headless horseman from. Where he became the head of his horseman, you know, mm. to the point mm-hmm. where like Ichabod became involved in the Sleepy Hollow like uh, folklore. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I wouldn't mind it being like an animated one because I I, I think Halloween cartoons are pretty cool. I I mean I, I I think to this day like when people think like you know childhood Hollywood or ch- Halloween movies in childhood. Great Pumpkin is probably one of the biggest ones that come to people's minds. Oh, for sure. Um, but you don't you don't touch Charlie Brown. You don't remake Charlie Brown. You don't do that. No. Um, no. So I, th- I think if they if they found a way to make a more legit story out of Sleepy Hollow and made it animated, I think it uh, I think it'd be more enjoyable to watch. Um, it doesn't have to be live action. It doesn't have to be real people. If they did the animation, I think it would still get across. But I want it to be a story. Like a uh, perfect example. Uh, okay, so you know the Disney version of Hercules? Yeah. Okay, you know the other animated Hercules movies, like Hercules and Xena? Oh, I forgot about them, but like, yes. Like, it's still animated, but it's more, like, rigid drawings and more adult-like, and they got the the fucking um, uh, Titans and shit. Yeah. If they drew it like that, I think it'd be really fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more of a more of a darker colored fucking cartoon. Not the not the animated Hercules that we see on Disney, but the other one where it's like like somebody like stenciled out an actual person. He, he, you know, he, his body is scaled and proportionate and shit like that. Absolutely, I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I, I know there's a lot there's a lot more if you really deep dive into it and shit like that. But uh, so, I mean, I, I do love Halloween theme movies. Horror movies aren't my fucking bag. But Halloween theme movies I enjoy. But I mean, I I think I have a, I think I have a holiday movie for my two favorite holidays, which is Halloween and Christmas. And so Halloween I watch The Christmas Tree, and then Christmas I watch Holiday Inn. So uh, those will never change. But I do want to try watching more movies. And I remember Free, uh, well before it was like ABC Family. Now it's Freeform. They still do the mm-hmm. Thirty One Days of Halloween. And Ooh, uh, all right. Yeah, it's weird. Like, when you look at that, if you ever get a chance, look at that fucking list and see the fucking uh, movies that they have listed there. Because Harry Potter's on that, Twilight's on that. Yeah. And it's weird to think, like, I mean, okay, so is it, are they doing it through Halloween just because they're witches? You know, there's magic and there's right. fucking, like, you know, vampires and werewolves and shit like that. It's like, I mean, I remember, like, when they did 31 Days of Halloween. There was like one premiere movie a night, and it yeah. was like it was a Halloween based movie. And on this freeform, I mean, on the list, there's like the old Disney movies too. You know, Mom's Got Day with the Werewolf and Under Wraps, shit like that. Twitches, you know. Nice. So it's pretty cool nice. to do that. Um, but there's so many movies and there's so many different ways to watch Halloween movies. I don't know if you guys have uh, the the Peacock app. If you're listening uh, out there, if you have the Peacock app, but they have. Uh, they have an uh, a Halloween tab on there, and it you know break everything down into like Halloween shows, Halloween movies. They even have a section that says Halloween episodes, and you can watch all the Halloween episodes of The Office, of Park and Recreation, Modern Family, uh, Psych, nice. whatever. It's just the Halloween episodes of those TV shows and shit. And then they got some documentaries and stuff on there too. So, 
Uh, Netflix, I know, does something like that, but I think it's more just horror section. Uh, Disney Plus will probably do, like, some Halloween, like, like section as well. So, uh, get out, get out there, uh, you know, share with us what your favorite movie is or what movies you would love to see as remakes or sequels. You can, uh, you know, reach out to us on Facebook at the, this freaking show. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Freak Joe, this is, um, this is your moment. This is your time. I'm, uh, I'm going to mute, uh, myself, uh, from this point and, uh, allow everyone to enjoy your docile tones as, uh, you bring them, uh, the first freaky tale of 2022. Mm hmm. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Damned Thing by Ambrose Bierce. By the light of a tallow candle, which had been placed on one end of a rough table, a man was reading something written in a book. It was an old account book, greatly worn, and the writing was not, apparently, very legible, for the man sometimes held the page close to the flame of the candle to get a stronger light upon it. The shadow of the book would then throw into obscurity a half of the room, darkening a number of faces and figures, for besides the reader... Eight other men were present. Seven of them sat against the rough log walls, silent and motionless, and the room being small, not very far from the table. By extending an arm, any one of them could have touched the eighth man, who lay on the table, face upward, partly covered by a sheet, his arms at his sides. He was dead. The man with the book was not reading aloud, and no one spoke. All seemed to be waiting for something to occur. The dead man only was without expectation. From the blank darkness, outside came in. Through the aperture that served for a window, all the ever unfamiliar noises of night in the wilderness, the long, nameless note of a distant coyote, the stilly, pulsing thrill, sorry, trill, of tireless insects in the trees, strange cries of night birds so different from those of the birds of day. The drone of great blundering beetles, and all the mysterious chorus of small sounds that seemed always to have been but half heard, when they have suddenly ceased, as if conscious of an indiscretion. But nothing of all this was noted in that company. Its members were not overmuch addicted to idle interest in matters of no practical importance. That was obvious in every line of their rugged faces, obvious even in the dim light of the single candle. They were evidently men of the vicinity, farmers and woodsmen. The person reading was a trifle different. One would have said of him that he was of the world, worldly, albeit there was that in his attire which attested a certain fellowship with the organisms of his environment. His coat would hardly have passed muster in San Francisco. His footgear was not of urban origin, and the hat that lay by him on the floor, he was the only one uncovered, was such that if one had considered it as an article of mere personal adornment, he would have missed its meaning. In countenance, the man was rather prepossessing, with just a hint of sternness, though that he may have assumed or cultivated as appropriate to one in authority, for he was a coroner. It was by virtue of his office that he had taken possession of the book in which he was reading. It had been found among the dead men's effects in his cabin, where the inquest was now taking place. When the coroner had finished reading, he put the book into his breast pocket. At that moment, the door was pushed open, and a young man entered. He, clearly, was not of mountain birth and breeding. He was clad as those who dwell in cities. His clothing was dusty, however, as from travel. He had, in fact, been riding hard to attend the inquest. The coroner nodded. No one else greeted him. We have waited for you, said the coroner. It is necessary to have done with this business tonight. The young man smiled. I'm sorry to have kept you, he said. I went away, not to evade your summons, but to post to my newspaper an account of what I suppose I am called back to relate. The coroner smiled. The account that you posted to your newspaper, he said, differs probably from that which you will give here under oath. That, replied the other, rather hotly and with a visible flush, 
is as you choose. I used manifold paper and have a copy of what I sent. It was not written as news, for it is incredible, but as fiction. It may go as part of my testimony under oath. But you say it is incredible. That is nothing to you, sir, if I also swear that it is true. The coroner was apparently not greatly affected by the young man's manifest resentment. He was silent for some moments, his eyes upon the floor. The men about the sides of the cabin talked in whispers, but seldom withdrew their gaze from the face of the corpse. Presently, the coroner lifted his eyes and said, We will resume the inquest. The men removed their hats. The witness was sworn. What is your name? the coroner asked. William Harker. Age? Twenty-seven. You knew the deceased, Hugh Morgan? Yes. You were with him when he died? Near him? How did that happen? Your presence, I mean. I was visiting him at his place to shoot and fish. A part of my purpose, however, was to study him and his odd, solitary way of life. He seemed a good model for a character in fiction. I sometimes write stories. I sometimes read them. Thank you. Stories in general, not yours. Some of the jurors laughed. Against the somber background, humor shows highlights. Soldiers in the intervals of battle laugh easily, and, and a jest in the death chamber conquers by surprise. Relate the circumstances of this man's death, said the coroner. You may use any notes or memoranda that you please. The witness understood. Pulling a manuscript from his breast pocket, he held it near the candle, and turning the leaves until he found the passage that he wanted, began to read. The sun had hardly risen when we left the house. We were looking for quail, each with a shotgun, but we had only one dog. Morgan said that our best ground was beyond a certain ridge that he pointed out, and we crossed it by trail through the chaparral. On the other side was comparatively level ground, thickly covered with wild oats. As we emerged from the chaparral, Morgan was but a few yards in advance. Suddenly, we heard at a little distance to our right, and partly in front, a noise as of some animal thrashing about in the bushes, which we could see were violently agitated. We've started a deer, I said. I wish we had brought a rifle. Morgan, who had stopped and was intently watching the agitated chaparral, said nothing, but had cocked both barrels of his gun and was holding it in readiness to aim. I thought him a trifle excited, which surprised me, for he had a reputation for exceptional coolness, even in moments of sudden and imminent peril. Oh, come, I said, you're not going to fill up a deer with quail shot, are you? Still, he did not reply, but catching a sight of his face as he turned it slightly toward me, I was struck by the pallor of it. Then I understood that we had serious business on hand, and my first conjecture was that we had jumped a grizzly. I advanced to Morgan's side, cocking my piece as I moved. The bushes were now quiet, and the sounds had ceased, but Morgan was as attentive to the place as before. What is it? What the devil is it? I asked. That damned thing, he replied without turning his head. His voice was husky and unnatural. He trembled visibly. I was about to speak further when I observed the wild oats near the place of the disturbance, moving in the most inexplicable way. I can hardly describe it. It seemed as if it stirred by a streak of wind, which not only bent it, but pressed it down, crushed it so that it did not rise, and this movement was slowly prolonging itself directly toward us. Nothing that I had ever seen had affected me so strangely as this unfamiliar and unaccountable phenomenon, yet I am unable to recall any sense of fear. I remember, and tell it here because, singularly enough, I rec recollected it then, that once, in looking carelessly out of an open window, I momentarily mistook a small tree close at hand for one of a group of larger trees at a little distance away. It looked the same size as the others, but, being more distinctly and sharply defined in mass and details, seemed out of harmony with them. It was a mere falsification of the law of aerial perspective, but it startled, almost terrified me. We so rely upon the orderly operation of familiar natural laws that any seeming suspension of them is noted as a menace to our safety, a warning of unthinkable calamity. 
So now, the apparently causeless movement of the herbage and the slow, undeviating approach of the line of disturbance were distinctly disquieting. My companion appeared actually frightened, and I could hardly credit my senses when I saw him suddenly throw his gun to his shoulders and fire both barrels at the agitated grass. Before the smoke of the discharge had cleared away, I heard a loud, savage cry, a scream like that of a wild animal, and, flinging his gun upon the ground, Morgan sprang away and ran swiftly from the spot. At the same instant, I was thrown violently to the ground by the impact of something unseen in the smoke, some soft, heavy substance that seemed thrown against me with great force. Before I could get upon my feet and recover my gun, which seemed to have been struck from my hands, I heard Morgan crying out as if in mortal, mortal agony, and mingling with his cries were such hoarse, savage sounds as one hears from fighting dogs. Inexpressibly terrified, I struggled to my feet and looked in the direction of Morgan's retreat, and may heaven in mercy spare me from another sight like that. At a distance of less than thirty yards was my friend. Down upon one knee, his head thrown back at a frightful angle, hatless, his long hair in disorder, and his whole body in violent movement from side to side, backward and forward. His right arm was lifted and seemed to lack the hand. At least, I could see none. The other arm was invisible. At times, as my memory now reports this extraordinary scene, I could discern but a part of his body. It was as if he had been partly blotted out. I cannot otherwise express it. Then a shifting of his position would bring it all into view again. All this must have occurred within a few seconds. Yet in that time, Morgan assumed all the postures of a determined wrestler, vanquished by superior weight and strength. I saw nothing but him, and him not always distinctly. During the entire incident, his shouts and curses were heard as if through an enveloping roar of such sounds of rage and fury as I had never heard from the throat of man or brute. For a moment only, I stood irresolute. Then, throwing down my gun, I ran forward to my friend's assistance. I had a vague belief that he was suffering from a fit or some form of convulsion. Before I could reach his side, he was down and quiet. All sounds had ceased. But, with a feeling of such terror as even these awful events had not inspired, I now saw the same mysterious movement of the wild oats prolonging itself from the trampled area about the prostrate man toward the edge of the wood. It was only when it had reached the wood that I was able to withdraw my eyes and look at my companion. He was dead. The coroner rose from his seat and stood beside the dead man. Lifting an edge of the sheet, he pulled it away, exposing the entire body, altogether naked and showing in the candlelight a clay-like yellow. It had, however, broad maculations of bluish-black, obviously caused by ecrevacated blood from contusions. The chest and sides looked as if they had been beaten with a bludgeon. There were dreadful lacerations. The skin was torn in strips and shreds. The coroner moved round to the end of the table and undid a silk handkerchief, which had been passed under the chin and knotted on the top of the head. When the handkerchief was drawn away, it exposed what had been the throat. Some of the jurors who had risen to get a better view repented their curiosity and turned away their faces. Witness Harker went to the open window and leaned out across the sill, faint and sick. Dropping the handkerchief upon the dead man's neck, the coroner stepped to an angle of the room, and from a pile of clothing produced one garment after another, each of which he held up for a moment, uh, held up a moment for inspection. All were torn and stiff with blood. The jurors did not make a closer inspection. They seemed rather uninterested. They had, in truth, seen all this before. The only thing that was new to them being Harker's testimony. Gentlemen, the coroner said, we have no more evidence, I think. Your duty has been already explained to you. If there is nothing you wish to ask, you may go outside and consider your verdict. The foreman rose, a tall, bearded man of sixty, coarsely clad. I should like to ask one question, Mr. Coroner, he said. What asylum did this your last witness escape from? Mr. Harker, 
said the coroner, gravely and tranquilly. From what asylum did you last escape? Parker flushed crimson again, but said nothing, and seven jurors rose and solemnly filed out of the cabin. If you have done insulting me, sir, said Harker, as soon as he and the officer were left alone with the dead man, I suppose I am at liberty to go? Yes. Harker started to leave, but paused, with his hand on the door latch. The habit of his profession was strong in him, stronger than his sense of personal dignity. He turned about and said, The book that you have there, I recognize it as Morgan's diary. You seemed greatly interested in it. You read in it while I was testifying. May I see it? The public would like... The book will cut no figure in this matter, replied the official, slipping it into his coat pocket. All the entries in it were made before the writer's death. As Harker, as Harker passed out of the house, the jury re-entered and stood about the table on which the now-covered corpse showed under the sheet with a sharp definition. The foreman seated himself near the candle, produced from his breast pocket a pencil and scrap of paper, and wrote rather laboriously the following verdict, which, with various degrees of effort, all signed. We, the jury, do find that the remains come to their death at the hands of a mountain lion, but some of us thinks, all the same, they had fits. In the diary of the late Hugh Morgan are certain interesting entries, having possibly a scientific value as suggestions. At the inquest upon his body, the book was not put in evidence. Possibly the coroner thought it not worthwhile to confuse the jury. The date of the first of the entries mentioned cannot be ascertained. The upper part of the leaf is torn away. The part of the entry remaining is as follows. Would run in, ha in a half circle, keeping his head turned always toward the center, and again he would stand still, barking furiously. At last he ran away into the bush as fast as he could go. I thought at first that he had gone mad, but on returning to the house found no other alteration in his manner than what was obviously due to fear of punishment. Can a dog see with his nose? Do odors impress some olfactory center with the images of the thing emitting them? September 2nd. Looking at the stars last night as they rose above the crest of the east ridge east of the house, I observed them successively disappear from left to right. Each was eclipsed but an instant, and only a few at the same time. But along the entire length of the ridge, all that were within a degree or two of the crest were blotted out. It was as if something had passed along between me and them, but I could not see it, and the stars were not thick enough to define its outline. Ugh, I don't like this. Several weeks' entries are missing, three leaves being torn from the book. September 27th. It has been about here again. I find evidences of its presence every day. I watched again all of last night in the same cover, gun in hand, double charged with buckshot. In the morning, the fresh footprints were there as before. Yet I would have sworn that I did not sleep. Indeed, I hardly sleep at all. It is terrible, insupportable. If these amazing experiences are real, I shall go mad. If they are fanciful, I am mad already. October 3rd. I shall not go. It shall not drive me away. No, this is my house, my land. God hates a coward. October 5th. I can stand it no longer. I have invited Harker to pass a few weeks with me. He has a level head. I can judge from his manner if he thinks me mad. October 7th. I have the solution of the problem. It came to me last night, suddenly, as by revelation. How simple. How terribly simple. There are sounds that we cannot hear. At either end of the scale are notes that stir no chord of that imperfect imp instrument, the human ear. They are too high or too grave. I have observed a flock of blackbirds occupying an entire treetop, the tops of several trees, and all in full song. Suddenly, in a moment, at absolutely the same instant, all spring into the air and fly away. How? They could not see one another. Whole treetops intervened. At no point could a leader have been visible to all. There must have been a signal of warning or command, high and shrill above the din, but by me unheard. I have observed, too, the same simultaneous flight when all were silent, 
among not only blackbirds, but other birds. Quail, for example, widely separated by bushes, even on opposite sides of a hill. It is known to seamen at, that a school of whales basking or supporting, sporting on the surface of the ocean miles apart, with the convexity of the earth between them, will sometimes dive at the same instant, all gone out of sight in a moment. The signal has been sounded, too grave for the ear of the sailor at, ma at the masthead and his comrades on the deck, who nevertheless feel its vibrations in the ship as the stones of a cathedral are stirred by the bass of the organ. As with sounds, so with colors. At each end of the solar spectrum, the chemist can detect the presence of what are known as actinic rays. They represent colors, integral colors in the composition of light, which we are unable to discern. The human eye is an imperfect instrument. Its range is but a few octaves of the real chromatic scale. I am not mad. There are colors that we cannot see. And God help me. The damned thing is of such a color. The end. Every year, Joe, you uh, you impress me with uh, with your storytelling. It's fucking magical. Hey, it's my pleasure. And, and, that, and that's a good story too. I know we. Uh, I, I think that author was one of our short stories from last year. I think you're right. The, the last names, the last names sound really familiar. Mm -hmm. The story was familiar to me. So it's a good one. I'm glad we started with it. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, uh, obviously Joe's gonna be doing uh, freaky tales over the course of October. We got uh, James Derman's uh, story next week. Uh, obviously, we're going to do an Edgar Allan Poe as a tradition here on this Freaky Show. And then we got one more, I believe. Mm -hmm. The Yellow Wallpaper. Yellow Wallpaper. So, uh, super excited. I love doing uh, this uh, series on our podcast. I love how it became a tradition and we're sticking with it. Uh, but you know, what was, you know what I'm most excited for, Joe? What's that? To know what you're, uh, you're freaking thinking about. Oh, boy. What am I freaking thinking about this week? I am freaking thinking about... Uh, I'm just excited to be in this month again. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited that the the cemetery videos are going out. I'm excited to be reading short stories. <laughs> um, I think that's what I'm freaking thinking about today. Nice. Flash this week. Yeah. What about you? What are you freaking thinking about? Um... I, you know what it it, it sounds it sounds like a cop out, but honestly, I'm, it's the same thing for me. Um, I I was a little I was a little nervous on how the videos would turn out with the voiceovers, but they did. I mean, they don't they don't seem that bad. Um, I think they turned out really good. Um, and and honestly, it reminds me of the trip we took in July when we did them, um, which I had a blast doing. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, just getting everything set up for this month as far as what stories you're going to be able to read, uh, getting the videos, uh, set up to be released throughout the month, uh, getting James Derman set up to come on here. Uh, that's, I mean, that's been a primary focus. Uh, another thing is the karma thing, but I can't quite talk about that yet. Yeah. But when I do. <laughs> God, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah. That's probably more of a November thing. Yeah, yeah. That's more of a November thing, but yeah, I'm I'm really I mean that that took a that took a portion of my day, but honestly, yeah, uh, this freaky show is the one thing I've been so excited for for the last couple weeks, and I'm glad it's here. I I love doing this every time to, every year when uh, October comes around because this and Christmas are my two favorite times of year, and uh, I'm just excited we're doing this. So, uh, hey, Joe. Yes. Uh, obviously, the Freak Show is exclusive to uh, this Freaky Show here over on uh, the Freaknet Studios uh, network. Um, but just because Cartoon Joe is taking a break from here doesn't mean he's taking a break from other places. So if our listeners still want to catch Cartoon Joe, where can they go? If you need some Cartoon Joe during this month, you can find him over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find him on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. 
Perfect. Guys, once again, make sure you check out our cemetery vlogs. They're uh, being released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday throughout the month of October. Over on the Freaknet Studios YouTube channel, make sure you do subscribe and hit the notification bell for those so you know when they do drop. Also, you can check out our show when they are released on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean just by searching this freaking show. As well, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, again, by searching this freaking show. Or you can uh, follow us on the Freaknet Studios Facebook page or the Instagram Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for you this evening. So, as always, I am Travis B. And I'm the Freak Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaky show. I'm out.